This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. The hospitality industry is diverse, fragmented, and contains a lot of stakeholders. At Voyager HQ's Travel Disruption Summit in New York, the managing director of an innovative boutique hotel brand and the CEO of a platform driving dynamic bookings of event spaces debated on the importance of hospitality brands working together to deliver a better experience for the customer. And you've got a front row seat. You're listening to Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the travel and hospitality industry. Hi guys, how are you? Good. Um, I guess I'll start with an introduction uh, of myself, Javier, Senior Vice President, Managing Director of Arlo Hotels. Uh, we, I've been working on this project since 2014, uh, before the, two lo- the first two locations opened in 2016, so I had the pleasure of being part of uh, designing, uh, part of the architectural sessions, and just working towards opening. Uh, we have a third location. Actually, we just took over a, a third location in Miami Beach called Nautilus, so we've added a third property since then. Um, and then we have uh, another property opening up here in, in, in New York, just across the street from Hudson Yards District. That's going to be just a little shy of 500 keys, so they're bigger box hotels. Uh, and then we're looking at uh, other emerging markets like Seattle, Denver, L.A., D.C. So you'll see a lot more about Arlo Hotels in the coming, uh, coming few years. So um, I'm going to hand it over to Kelsey. Great. Yeah. Thanks Thank for you. that intro. Yeah, so I'm Kelsey Recht. I am the founder and CEO of Venue Book. Uh, what we provide is digital booking of meeting and event spaces. But one of the things that's very unique about what we do is that one, something that's fundamental to what we do is connectivity into the systems that the venues are using, the sales teams, the event planners on property. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today because we feel that that's really important to bring events into the digital booking era. Thank Great. you. Well, I'll start out. One of the things that we see, Javier, in, with meeting and event planners is that experiences are so important to them as they think about hosting events these sure. days. How do you think about providing experiences within the Arlo Hotels environment? Yeah, you know, um, like I said, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to, to be part of these projects from the very beginning, so we still had some flexibility even two years prior to opening on, on design elements, on functionality. Uh, it, it was, I, I like to say it was the coming together of various disciplines where you have architecture, you have design, and you have operations. So, so for us, uh, creating flexible space in the lifestyle and boutique mm-hmm. uh, segment that we're in was important. You know, we, didn't, we didn't want uh, meeting space uh, that, that essentially went unused during a day. Like, how can we activate this space and, and, and make it part of the guest experience when it's not being sold for an event. Uh, so there's kind of two sides to the coin there. You, you, you want to create spaces, uh, at least for our brand, that are, that are functional, that are flexible, that, 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 that guests can essentially work out of all day, but then you also uh, want to be able to sell the space for private events when you can. So um, throughout our concept, you know, Everything is designed uh, with intent on, on creating functional spaces that sort of uh, you can sell independently. Uh, so I think that, that that becomes part of it. And, 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 you know, from an operations perspective, you have to make sure that you're not just putting um, theater-style chairs or stackable chairs into a room because you do need it to be flexible when it's not in use. So 
for us, that, that's the biggest element, and, and there are always going to be some challenges to, to, to sort of pulling it off and, and making it work, but um, accessibility, uh, approachability is some of the things we keep in mind when we think of design of Arlo's, and, and, and you'll see that, uh, on, especially on the newer Arlo's that we're developing, how we've seen it work so well with what we currently have that we're going to work towards, towards making it better. But, um, the last point of that is, is programming and activations, right? We, we, you know, you'll, you'll see that from an experiential travel perspective. You'll, you'll see that a part of not just our brand, many brands that are in our, our, our segment. And, and these spaces have to be uh, uh, accessible to, to those type of activations. Um, but back to the event part of it, and, and, and I, I guess I want to ask you, you know, with, with Venue Book, we, we need to sell the spaces. We've always worked with meeting planners, and, and, and uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about what, what your product does yeah. and what, what's Venue Book about. Well, I think what's interesting about what you just said is the idea that spaces are mixed use overall. And that's actually why we evangelize connectivity so much, is that if you think about what a meeting planner wants today, they don't want just the ballroom. They might want a really unique reception in the lobby that's followed by a private meeting event in the ballroom. But what that does is, in terms of actually sending you inquiries that are a good fit for your hotel, it requires a lot more qualification up front, which is why we connect into the software systems that are used on property. And the reason is, is that you might be willing to rent the lobby from, say, you know, 12 to 4 p.m., but you'll never take an inquiry from 4 to 10 p.m. unless it's for $100,000, mm -hmm. for example, or something crazy to rent out the space. And so what we really try to do with our technology and by connecting into the systems that are used is create much more parameters and pre-screening of inquiries that come into the property. Because the meeting and event planners don't, don't want to spam you from that 6 to 9 p.m. slot if you're right. ever going to rent that. But if they don't have the information that they need, uh, they, they, can't, they can't actually properly determine before they reach out whether they're a good fit for your property. Right overall. And I mean, everybody in this room has had that experience where they've sat and had to wait like 10 minutes for their Uber and they're just shocked because it's like, it's not as on demand as I would like. And that's what meeting and event planners want. They want more at their fingertips that they can do the research up front. And right now the, the offerings that are out there don't allow them to do right. that overall. You, you bring up a great point. I, I think with, with us and the programming and activations, that's really a brand pillar of ours. There's a balance that you have to have, yes. you know, you want the event spaces sold mm -hmm. from a revenue perspective as, as much as possible, but then you don't want to lose yourself or lose the identity of your brand by not having these accessible spaces available. Yeah. Uh, so, so I guess with Venue Book, there, there's, there's a way to sort of block these times out, right? Yes. It's very customizable and maybe you fence it with that $100,000 event where you sort of balance the, the return on investment. There's always a price that you'll rent that space out. There, there is always a price, yeah. And I'm actually I'm curious, if you think about just your space within your property, one of the things that we see is that you have a group who might want a private meeting space, but then they want a really you know, chic lobby, and then there's a wedding who wants a really unique rooftop. How do you think about when you design your meeting and event space catering to that range of demographics? that wants a unique ex experience, but might want some customization or right. uniqueness within each space. 
you know, uh, technology always plays a part in anything that, that we, we do now. And I, you know, when we, when we are designed, when we are, when we do come to the point, there's always a place for the 300 plus event. And, and, and there's always going to be a place for large conferences. I think we have to stay true to ourselves and understand what space we want to play in. And, and when we do design the spaces and, and, it, and it comes together, well, you know, we understand that we can max out at 100 people in this venue. And, and what type of design are we looking for? You know, uh, we, we intentionally on the next couple of projects has switched designers. It, it isn't because uh, we weren't happy with the first design. It's just that we didn't want to end up with a, a cookie cutter experience. We wanted someone to kind of put a new lens on the experience. So I think staying nimble uh, as you're developing hotels and giving them their own identity with the common thread of Arlo, which is programming and activations, our 24 hour accessible uh, uh, bodega experience uh, in the front, uh, multiple ways to check in using technology. Um, and, and always staying at the forefront and sort of like blazing the way uh, in the segment and, and not necessarily using too much for inspiration because you want to be the person inspiring others. So that's, those are some of the things that we do to challenge ourselves to, to continue to move the bar um, into the next level. And, and I, I think you know our next project, which we're sort of dubbing as Arlo 2.0 because we learn a lot. You learn a lot in, in the first two. And, and what works and what doesn't. And, and I think the next Arlo, which is here on, on 38th and 9th and, and looking to open in August of, of, tw of 2020, um, you'll, you'll see a noticeable difference. It'll feel like Arlo, but, but you'll just notice everything from the technology we've put in place, um, the meeting space that's designed, the food and beverage partners that we have. It all just sort of comes together to create that seamless experience. But um, it's interesting because technology is always evolving. So in your space, what is next, right? Like, what, 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 what more is there to do? I know you said there were some things in the pipeline. You and I have talked before to further mm -hmm. push, the, push the bar. Well, that's, it's, a, it's a good question. One of the things that I would say to your last point is that, first off, um, merchandising of space within a hotel, we believe, is really important in that, you know, if preferences are changing, how do you merchandise the actual space within the hotel to actually meet the needs? Seems like you are doing that really well. That's something that we often work with hotel properties on. But in terms of kind of the trends that we're seeing in technology and just generally in meeting planning, there's been a big shift in terms of the type of people planning meetings and events in that, you know, in the past it was a classically trained global events manager. They'll, you know, they, they've got perfect event planning training. Now it's somebody who sits at the company who's got nine other things on their to-do list, and you know, one of them is planning an event, which is number 10, and they're told, you know, here's, you've got $20,000 for this off-site meeting, go figure it out. Yeah. And so they, just, they also need very different tools than maybe have existed in the past right. overall. And so it's also some of that lack of expertise on one side has actually led to a little bit of a lead spam problem. Um, uh, for venues. And so that's actually something that we work a lot on in terms of our, um, our experience. Right. Um, and it's, it's even really simple things. Like we actually just put out an article today about sort of how meeting and event planners often speak a different language than venues. So it's something as simple as, you know, that if this person is not classically trained, they might not know what on consumption means for mm -hmm. an event. They might not know what plus right. plus means. And these are things that if you've done meetings and events, it just makes perfect sense. But it's, it's stuff that maybe isn't 
doesn't come naturally to people to have a little bit of experience. We say enough to be dangerous, as I like to say. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we see is just more unique spaces. I mean, look at the space that we're in yeah. right now. I mean, in the past, it used to be sort of a hotel ballroom was your only chance right. for a meeting and events. And so you see a lot of different spaces, a lot of demand for unique spaces. So in terms of our quest for connectivity, we are focused on connecting into a range of systems that venues use. So systems that restaurants use, systems that general event venues use, systems that activity venue use. Like we just signed up the largest bowling alley chain um, in the U.S. So, right. you know, people love to do team building events at those yeah. types of locations. And also, you know, growing competition. I mean, Airbnb just bought mm -hmm. a player out of Denmark. And so, you know, if it's really easy to book that unique house for an off-site meeting and event, you really need to think if you're in a more traditional venue, how do you make it really, really easy to book right. your space because it's easier switching costs now. Sure. And your, and your product is front-facing to the, to the client? Yes. And, and then, obviously, a lot of back-end items to make it as easy, easy a process as possible. Yes. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit in stage that, that I had to ask the other day, like, what exactly is in plus plus? Again, yeah, that's a good right? So, <laughs> just, it, oh, I just remember asking myself so the thing. acronyms. So let's like, say your event is yeah. going to be ten thousand yeah, dollars yeah, on yeah, a base yeah, fee. Yeah. There's probably another thirty yeah. percent tacked on. So that's the and so if you're an event planner who's had some experience but not a lot, right? You might you might suddenly get the bill and realize you've gone thirty percent over yeah. budget. So it's that tra providing that transparency, education. And an experience that fits the needs of the changing meeting yeah. event planner on the corporate side. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, you know, uh, we'll go to a couple of questions here. It looks like you and I have uh, one or two, but I'll, I'll just want to mention on the technology side. One thing we're cognizant of is is kind of overusing technology, and and I and Arlo's first uh, uh, iteration, if you will, before we went to market, you originally weren't going to see anybody at the front desk. It was all kiosk-driven, phone-driven. It was like authoring your, your own experience. And as we got closer to opening, uh, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a hotel purist. I, I, I come up you know, in, 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 you know, with Hyatt hotels for a number of years early in my career, and it just, you know, you need a person. Got to talk to someone every now and then. So I think we sort of pivoted and said, we like technology, we're on board, we're going to implement all the technology that makes sense, and we'll try things that don't make sense, and maybe we'll will help it make sense, um, but but there's a balance to the approach. Like venue book, you'll always need someone to actually speak to and get it done. A, a client can't go and just book their own venue and never speak to someone. No, That's, we kind of operate under the 80-20 rule to that point, and that our goal is to get people 80% of the way there so they know that they're at least a fit for the space. Yeah. You know, the last thing you want to do is, as I like to say, send somebody on a McDonald's budget to, like, the Four Seasons, for example. Yeah. Uh, and, and But that 20% of, you know, what's the best layout of the room, you know, it might fit 100 people, but is it best for 70? Is it best for 80? Like, all those nuances can be handled once the person That's gets great. to the sales team on property. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why don't I ask you the first question? Sure. What are the other questions we've <laughs> uh, Kelsey, what are some trends you're seeing in creating unique moments for meeting planners? It's a great question. Uh, so in terms of unique moments for meeting planners, we're seeing, first off, a lot of uh, influence on green 
you know, obviously, like, how is, is your meeting green? You know, is it green to get there? Is the venue green? You know, what are you offering? I mean, I don't think we have straws here, but, I mean, it's very rare to go to an not event right. and not have a paper straw, for example, these days. Uh, we're also seeing a lot on the wellness front overall in that incorporating within the meeting event more activities or unique things like yoga or an early morning hike. And so you see a different range of, it, to go back to this experience is that people obviously, you know, they're the core of a meeting, privacy, having, you know, a real discussion happens, but then there's a lot more ancillary things around uh, the event overall. And that's also where we think about, too, is that sometimes not all of those things can be merchandised by, say, a hotel. And so how do you think about maybe who's around you so that you can create more of a package? Because one trend we do see is that people just like stuff off the shelf. Um, people, for example, prefer, I think about 70% of corporate meeting banners prefer a spot that has food and beverage. They don't like to have to bring everything in. So trying to make it more all-inclusive is really helpful. And then they can customize within the packages that already exist yeah. overall. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, Arlo is strawless as well, or paper straws. Mm -hmm. But I'm not the experience of paper straws. I'm still not on board with. So yes. I'm ex we're experimenting mm -hmm. with hay straws or pasta straws. Is a I like thing. the ones that feel like plastic. But yes. they're compostable. Yes. I don't know what the brand is. But so we haven't great. selected our brand standard for straws yet. But <laughs> it's something you have, you have to think yeah. about that, uh -huh. right? What it is. So um, I, I have a question here. Uh, what processes help? Uh, to take the idea of Arlo as, as a design and community forward yet accessible hotel brand from thought to product. Uh, we thought about hotels that, we, that I won't mention that, that we, we felt exclusive, right? You mm -hmm. felt like you kind of had to be in with the cool crowd mm -hmm. in order to, uh, 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 to, to enjoy the experience. Um, and it felt exclusive. And, and we said we wanted to build a product that was inclusive mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and felt welcoming. And, and, and we didn't care if you were a digital nomad or, you know, you were, uh, uh, you know, 50, 60 years old and, and wanted to um, uh, experience uh, something that's youthful. Uh, we call it sort of like a, the youthfully minded traveler is, is what we like to consider Arlo. Uh, to be part of, so I think you'll you'll never be turned away at an Arlo. Uh, I would say we, we're, we're always uh, want to be able to create the environment that's welcoming for everyone. We we thought, and some of you might know this, we thought we were mixed into the discussions of millennial brands, and, and we were Arlo was part of the millennial movement. Uh, but we have since I feel like we've kicked it, and and it wasn't even us that wanted to kick it per se, when, when after a year of opening and we had data, it showed that the traveler was between 35 and 55. So sort of in it, but out of the millennial range. And, and, and so we, we, you know, we like to feel that we've sort of hit a, a, a bit of a market segment that, that, is, that is accessible to everyone. And, and if we, with our mindset, if we, when we approach it and we have that in mind with every activation or partnership that we have, I think it, it, we're always going to be well received. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, the, uh, that's the idea behind Arlo. Uh, and, and, and that question, 
I don't have any more questions. I have one other question for you, you actually. Do. Um, from a, Did we script this one? one no, no, no. This, uh -oh. One of the things that, that <laughs> Venue Book evangelizes is transparency to drive qualification of inquiries. How, how do you, as somebody from the hotel side, think about transparency when it comes to pricing and availability? Sure and offerings at your property. It exists in lots of other areas of the travel vertical, but maybe not as right. much in meetings and events yet. You know, I've, I've, coming up in the industry, I've seen it sort of both ways. And, and uh, I remember a time where when someone would call and, and say, I'm looking to have an event, mm -hmm. the first response was, well, what's your budget? And, and from the service side of me, it's like, that's, that's not the, the right approach, I feel, toward, toward, towards that experience. You, you sort of want to tailor the experience, to your point, and be transparent, know what our price point is, and know that you have entry-level price points and you have higher-level price points, right? So we, we have uh, our decks that we've created are very transparent with, with, with the client and, 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 and making sure that they understand the type of venue we are, what our capabilities are. We don't want to overpromise mm -hmm. and underdeliver. Yeah. I'd rather uh, underpromise and overdeliver, right? Uh, and, and then you'll always uh, end up with a positive experience. And, and you know, with, with Arlo, we don't have, we're very nimble. We, we have a small executive team. Uh, there are only three hotels operating right now. We have about 15 people on our corporate team, if you will, our HQ. And uh, and we want to try and keep it that way mm -hmm. before, before we get too big and, yeah. and, lo and lose ourselves. So, mm -hmm. thank you. But I think, I think that wraps. I see a, a, a red light we're and, like and we're, we're holding you guys back from lunch and I eating. I know, everything, <laughs> only, only on sand in between. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you. Thank you guys very much for your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This has been Travel is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at travelisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.